Welcome back to Research Matters, a podcast on research for children by UNICEF's Office of Research in Florence, Italy. I'm Kathleen Sullivan, Communication Specialist at UNICEF. Today we're talking about a new report, No Mother Wants Her Child to Migrate, Vulnerability of Children on the Move in the Horn of Africa, with a child protection specialist, Brendan Ross, who works in our country office in Somalia. So welcome, Brendan. Uh, jumping right in, we're, we're here today to talk about this new report on um, child migration called No Mother Wants Her Child to Migrate, Vulnerability of Children on the Move in the Horn of Africa. Brendan, what can you tell us about your role in this study, looking at the drivers of migration and the child protection systems in place in the Horn of Africa? Uh, yeah, at Innocentia, I guess my role is to sort of, uh, I guess, uh, support with the finishing of the, the product, so the final editing and the final touches. But uh, I, as a child protection manager in, in Somalia, my role was to sort of oversee the the broader program. The, the research was part of a, a larger program to look at how we can support uh, and improve the safety of children who are on the move in the Horn of Africa. And you are in charge of also commissioning this report to begin with? Yeah, that's right. So uh, my, my role was to sort of uh, design the, the, the broader program for, uh, for UNICEF Somalia. Uh, the, the program is funded by the UK government. And uh, in the initial design phases, they, the sort of question was put on the table, how do we uh, support children who are on the move, how do we provide child protection services to them to ensure that they are uh, um, safe from exploitation, abuse, trafficking, the worst kinds of um, sort of abuses that can happen to children who, who sort of lack a protective environment. At the early sort of design stages, we, we recognise that children uh, on the move are difficult to identify, they're difficult to uh, bring into to our, our service centres. Our partners have have challenges in in providing health services, nutrition services, providing social welfare services, case management services. Largely because we can't, uh, the children to some extent don't want to be identified, and 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 sometimes because um, they're just not in a in a location for for long enough. So. Yeah, in, in the in the original de- design phase, we 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 thought that we we needed to uh, get more evidence around the the patterns of movement of these children, the behaviours, what was driving their decision making processes, uh, and uh, and and from there we'd be able to provide a a more nuanced program. And and so that's when we uh, decided to to sort of reach out to Innocenti and and see whether they were interested and had the capacity to to do this work, knowing that that. Innocenti had already done uh, and had some expertise in, in, in supporting children on the move and doing research on these issues. Great. Yeah, UNICEF Innocenti is very happy to provide the, the evidence to support these programs. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your stretch assignment here and how it started coming from the country office and what you aim to do while on the ground uh, in the country office um, and then what y- your goals were when you came here? Sure. So um, I guess there were two large pieces of work that I've been um, involved with here at Innocenti. One, one is finalizing the, the Children on the Move report. The, 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 um, so that's really bringing it to, um, to publication. 
Um, but the second uh, really relates to the second phase of the broader program. So, so this first phase report was uh, an exploratory study to sort of identify the questions, identify the issues, identify what children were saying about their migratory patterns, what were the driving forces and triggers be be behind their, 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 their movement, and then what services were available. So using that information, we've now um, developed a, a quantitative uh, study uh, uh, with with some additional qualitative information being gathered and that's uh, being 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 implemented in four countries that study um, should should be quite groundbreaking in in that we've we've never really seen in the Horn of Africa a uh, a sample size as large as that um, of of children who are who are at different phases of, of their their um, migration if you like or or movement rather than migration not every child is crossing a border uh so so this study um will will really be able to give us some quantitative information around accessing services what sort of services they're using how they benefit the uh, the children who are on the move um and and will also give us further information more more detailed information on 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 their decision making uh processes so um so, so I'm, I'm I'm sort of involved in in defining how we're going to sort of proceed with with that report and 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 working largely on um, interrogating some of the child protection systems work. The 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 way the program is is operating in uh, in Somalia and in in the other countries involved in this this broader program, which include uh, at this stage Sudan and Ethiopia. The way the program. Um, has evolved is, is we're trying to deploy child protection systems to support these children. The the issue uh, the issues around uh, how how children are using or not using these child protection services, which services they want to use, and and so forth, um, is 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 critical if if we're really going to be able to, you know, reach these children, uh, Im improve their 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 protective environment and and ensure that they're safe from trafficking exploitation and abuse the quantitative data should be able to give us uh, some some solid clues on on what sort of services they need how we can um, how we can sort of get those services to the children how we can support them with with alternatives different opportunities and and it will also allow us to interrogate things that haven't been done before such as cross-border case management for children on the move and, and these sorts of things. This is a great example of how UNICEF and Ocenti's research can directly impact programming and, um, and how programming can inspire necessary research. So, so thank you for explaining that process. Um, let's rewind a little bit and uh, if you if you wouldn't mind kind of um, giving us a little introduction to who you are and how you um, got started working with UNICEF uh, and working in child protection, working in the Horn of Africa. What led you to do this kind of work? So I, I started working for UNICEF about six years ago. Uh, look, I, I think the, the, the prior to that, I had a... Um, I worked for for several years with with ActionAid as the country director in in Palestine, and then I worked for eight or nine years with with Oxfam doing advocacy and uh, and, and humanitarian work in in different locations. 
Uh, I guess the the appeal for me in working for for UNICEF uh, is the the sort of um, the holistic nature of the programming and and the things that can be achieved. So, in in Somalia, for example, uh, we we operate at 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 in in the humanitarian context. We're providing services. We're working very closely with our partner organisations to define uh, how we're engaging with communities, uh, how we're, we're, we're attempting to, to influence social norms, to uh, eradicate negative harmful practices. We're working on community structures to improve the, the protective environment for children. Then we're, we're also working with, with government on, on developing long-term child protection systems. We're looking at the resourcing for those systems, the training required for, for, for the workers that will Will, will, will be the next generation providing these services. We're, we're working with universities to ensure that the, the programs that they're providing are, are, are fit for purpose to, to make sure that there is a, a social welfare workforce. Then, uh, you know, on critical issues, uh, we're, we're advocating with government and, and we're defining legislation. We're supporting the drafting of child rights legislation, sexual offences legislation, FGM legislation, and we're supporting them in, in having these bills uh, passed into, into act. So in, in terms of the, the fulfilment that I'm able to, to, to gain through this work, it, it's, a, it's a whole new level compared to the work that I was doing with uh, with non-government organisations in that um, you you can achieve durable change, you can see legislation passed, you can see an entire policy framework develop and, and, and then you can work on having the staff uh, that, you know, uh, professionalise so that they have the skills necessary to to, uh, to, to to embark on the vision that you've helped to create with governments. So. And and then at the same time you still you still get to be deeply involved with the programs at the community level. So so that's 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 why I, I, I like working with UNICEF and, and for anyone who, who who takes their work seriously, you know, there's plenty of opportunities to, to sort of generate evidence, to, to um, evolve the programming, to invest in in new types of programming. Our adolescent work is, is really exciting in Somalia. Um, and, 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 and so there's whole new fields of, 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 of work that, that haven't been done before that, that we don't really know how to do properly. And, and so there's huge areas of, of, of creativity and uh, an idea generation that you, you don't necessarily see in, in other organisations. UNICEF has an enormous scope, enormous resources and enormous goodwill from governments and from the general public. And so if you... If you if you can harness that, which we've been able to do and, and, and enjoy in, in different programs that I've worked in, it becomes an incredibly uh, fulfilling job. Wow, thank you for sharing what it's like working for UNICEF and um, UNICEF's potential and real ability to impact policy and deliver effective programming is definitely worth noting, um, but especially in the context of your country office, UNICEF Somalia, Working in the Horn of Africa provides uh, many opportunities for fulfilling work. Um, so building on that and your experience on the ground, could you share what it's like working with children in child protection? What is it like interviewing them? Yeah, I guess the thing that struck me in, in, in the conversations that I was having uh, 
you know, and this is something we talk about here as well is you know we we think of uh the choice to to migrate and and take on these incredibly dangerous uh journeys as as young people you know one child i met was 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 no more than 12 years old and and these children are deciding uh based on their life circumstances that the best opportunity they have to achieve a, a level of well-being and health and 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 uh and to progress their life is to uh, quite literally um, get on a get on a um, a boat or or walk across a desert and uh, and uh, subject themselves to um, people who 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 are and they are completely aware of this fact before they they go people who are going to to exploit them uh, people who are going to 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 force them into unsafe labor conditions for no uh, pay for for a period of time before they can move on to to the next step in their journey they are prepared to to go onto boats where they know that they've had friends who have been abused raped um and and almost killed and they're prepared to to sort of make these sacrifices if you like in order to achieve something and 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 what that really indicates more than anything else is a level of of, of uh, desperation, a, a level of ingenuity at, at one level, and and a level of, um, I guess, strength. Uh, because you know, for 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 one child I met who had been um, working for his dad as a as a basically a brick laborer for since he was about eight or eight or nine years old, uh, and, and saw no future for himself, didn't get paid, um, was, was, was abused, and, and, and so he made this decision. And for him, the alternative was to stay and, and live this life. Uh, and uh, to me, it, you know, it, 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 we, we try to rationalize these things. We try to say that's a, that's a decision. You know, you try and personalize them at, lo- at one level. What would I do? What would be the decision I make? And... Uh, and you know, and of course, that's a, that's sort of a, an impossible, an impossible way way to way to think about these issues. And 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 so I, I guess this is the thing that that's fascinating about child migration because we have one population of children who have the same drivers, the same life circumstances, the same the same uh, scenarios, who are choosing to stay, and then you have a group of children that are choosing to go, and um, uh, somehow. Um, Somehow we have to find ways to 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 support them all, and uh, and this gets to sort of the the, the crux of the, the research that we're doing. You know, these young children are adolescents, just like all of us, and, and and when we enter that phase of life, we're looking to to express ourselves, we're looking to to uh, identify a, a social group that we want to belong to. We want to achieve economic objectives. We want to achieve uh, pairing objectives. You know. Uh, we want to find a girlfriend, we want to have a family or a boyfriend, whatever it is for, for that particular individual. And these children uh, have limited opportunities f- for that kind of expression. Some people go, some people stay. They're making choices like any 14, 15, 16-year-old would, would do. And uh, currently in the, 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 the world that we've constructed, they don't have too many options. And, and so 
they're actually uh, hugely uh, empowered and inspired and uh, and brave to to sort of take on this journey, knowing full well that that it could end up a disaster. Having been working at the country office for a while, maybe some of the findings, the initial findings from this report were already well known to you. But um, could you tell us what, if anything, stood out to you or surprised you from the early findings in the study? I think we underestimated the extent to which children who are uh, moving know, know what they're doing. Um, you know, there, there are a multitude of, of, of drivers and reasons why children move and and these also define where they go how far they go whether they stay within a border whether they cross a border and um i i think you know the thing that that really came home to us is these children are um agents you know in 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 the fullest sense and and we don't really give that enough um attention in in the way we program for the, for these children so even when you when you look at our original um design for for this program it was uh in in a sense a paternalistic design let's uh, create services for these children we'll put these services along the transit routes where these children are, are going to be passing through these children are obviously going to access these services and then we'll be able to protect them now of course that doesn't doesn't really work. The the children don't trust us. They don't trust our partners. They don't trust the government, and and they're looking to achieve an objective that has nothing to do with protection. They're looking to achieve an objective of reaching a particular destination, which has uh, protective um, connotations for them. In the sense, it will give them well-being. It will give them health. It will give them uh, opportunities in life that they would never have beforehand. They see a lot of the services and a lot of the partners that we have as being barriers to the achievement of that goal. And so this simple mechanism of plopping services and social workers and case management officers and and, uh, along the path just really isn't isn't going to work. We have to find new ways of programming with these children that really reinforce their agency and and give them options to achieve their goals. And and, and that's... um, and that's going to be a really interesting uh, thing to look at in the future because, of course, a lot of governments uh, don't see these children as, as being agents. They see these children as being, you know, various things, irregular migrants, illegal migrants, you know. So, so how, do we, how do we program for these children, giving them uh, and providing and supporting and empowering them to be agents in accordance with the evolving capacities of the child, um, which is which is one of the the best pieces of research that I think Innocenti has done back from two thousand five. Um, how do how do we support these children so that they can evolve uh, through their childhood um, uh, and, and 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 support them uh, when they're making dangerous decisions that 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 are going to put them at risk, but they're going to make them. Uh, whether or not we we tell them it's safe. Okay, so taking what we've learned so far from phase one of this study, I'm curious, do you think it's possible to close the gaps in child protection in the Horn of Africa? And what do you think we can do right away learning from these findings to help safeguard children better? I mean, first of all, yes. I I mean, I I think the key thing for me around... um, how we do child protection programming for adolescents is 
a huge unanswered question. And it's not unanswered only in the Horn of Africa. Uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to do research on different child protection systems in high-income and middle-income countries whilst here. And it's a question that, that, that there is no standard, formatted, you know, uh, uniform way of, of providing child protection services to children who are uh, adopting maladaptive practices, who are in conflict with the law, who are, who are uh, making decisions that, that we would consider to be quote-unquote unhealthy for, for, for their own welfare. So there is no uniform mechanism for, for this. And I, I think UNICEF, it's, it's a huge research area. As UNICEF starts to build its work with adolescents, we have to look at, at how we provide child protection services to adolescents because um, not only are they, are they uh, victims of, of violence, exploitation, and abuse, they're also perpetrators. And, and, and they also uh, are entering a, a liminal phase of life where their uh, norms are changing, their behaviours are being formed, their their adult selves are, are, are growing. And, and, and so how we go about working with them from a child protection perspective, I think, I think requires a lot of work. And I think that's the key thing that's come out for me through this research, and it's one of the recommendations. How we go about doing that, I think we really need to, and this is going to probably be the third phase of this research, you know, some longitudinal studies on how we're, how we're really uh, working with these children to, to, to support them, to, to, to make the best decisions for them without being patronising. We, we, we can never say to a child, don't go, don't migrate. I mean, there's huge influences going on there. The, the research uh, for this report in the Horn of Africa I mean, there are some really unique contextual challenges here and and also um, a lot of political sensitivities. What were some of the biggest challenges? Within the Horn of Africa, and I think this applies equally to, to, to many of the countries there, there, there aren't uh, large budgets for social welfare services. The, the, the ministries of, of Women, Human Rights and Development or Labour and Social Affairs, whichever um, the... the, the Whatever the label is for the particular ministry that has the the, the mandate to, to provide child protection services, they they are invariably underfunded, under resourced, and uh, lack basic skills in terms of implementing what we would understand to be a a, a child protection system. Having said that, at the community level, they have very very uh, sophisticated uh, protective systems um, that provides excellent child protection services for particular issues but are also uh, responsible for locking in uh, certain social norms that we're trying to 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 eradicate such as child marriage and uh, female genital mutilation so so one of the the really interesting things about the work and and I guess this is one of the the things we'll be looking at as we move forward with the child migration work is how can can we get better at retrofitting a child protection uh, conceptual framework, which is essentially a, a Western framework? How can we retrofit or or uh, you know improve that system so that it does um, empower, strengthen, work, collaborate with local communities in a way where the Convention on the Rights of the Child is, is upheld and, and children are able to live a, a safe uh, and, and loving childhood. 
whilst at the same time um, uh, removing what what we would consider to be um, gross violations of, of human rights and that process is, is 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 a long one but a necessary one and I think the potential uh, of uh, a lot of countries uh, in in Africa not only the Horn of Africa is is to improve child protection systems to to bring it back to what they should be which is essentially strong communities strong families and uh, and, and strong wider kinship networks that that are there for um, children uh, and, and and I think that's a that's a potential uh, that that we have and, and and that excites a lot of the people working in the sector in in the Horn of Africa thank you for sharing that um I guess my my only next question is what's next for you since you'll be leaving our office at UNICEF in Uchenti and going back to the country office correct yes and 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 in tandem, uh, I assume you'll be working with us on the, our next phases of research as we move on to phase two and phase three yeah. in the Horn of Africa. So can you speak to what you personally will be doing when you go back to the country office and also um, what's next for phase two and phase three of this report? Sure. So uh, we started drafting the the phase two of the report, and and I'll be involved as as one of the drafters of the phase two report um, from from the Somalia office. Um, I'll be overseeing uh, the the program in Somalia, so looking at the recommendations and and looking at how we can um, advance some of the the programming, uh, building on the evidence that we generate, particularly through the second phase research. Um, they're, they're the key things that, that I'll be doing. Um, it's also, you know, this 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 phase of the program will will end in 2020, and so there will be a lot of discussion in in the in the coming 12 months about what do we what do we need to do for for future phases of the research. There, the the donors uh, that that are interested in 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 this particular issue will continue to have a strong interest in in how we can support. Um, children on the move uh, and I think there is a um, you know essentially for this particular phase of the program we've said to them we we don't essentially know what we're doing we don't essentially know how we can support children on the move they'll be looking for us to provide answers um, towards the end of this phase um, and and those answers need to define how it is we go about uh, the, the third phase and, and beyond and so it, it should be uh, an exciting but, but challenging period where we try to translate the evidence that's being generated here at Innocenti into um, real programmable activities um, that, that can then be brought to scale across the region. Well, that's what we'd like to see, transforming evidence into action. Mm. So thank you so much for sharing your experience and your insights from working on this research study. We really look forward to sharing this with the launch of phase one, this report. So thank you, Brendan, for joining us for a podcast. Thanks, Kathleen. Really enjoyed having you on, and um, we'll see you next time. Great. For more on this study, please check out our special campaign page on our website at unicef-irc.org slash child-migration-hoa. That's HOA for Horn of Africa. 
And you can also follow for more updates on our Twitter and Facebook channels, both at UNICEF Innocenti, twitter.com slash UNICEF Innocenti and facebook.com slash UNICEF Innocenti.